Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Pushkin. Andre 3000, best known as half of Atlanta's outcast, arguably the greatest hip-hop duo of all time, and definitely one of the most gifted rappers ever. Outside of Atlanta, most rap fans first heard of OutKast in 1995 when they got booed at the Source Awards after winning Best New Artist. This was at the start of the East Coast-West Coast rivalry, and Andre threw down the gauntlet, declaring the South got something to say. Andre and his partner Big Boy were the first Southern rappers to see the same sales success as any of their East or West Coast counterparts. In 2003, their double album, Speaker Box, The Love Below, was certified diamond, meaning it sold over 10 million copies. And artistically, that album remains one of the all-time creative high-water marks in music. But as you're about to hear, Andre is often haunted by his own legacy. He sat down for tea with Rick Rubin at Shangri-La and talked about how fame crippled his creativity and why it's so hard for him to quiet the noise and make new music. The rap fan in me, the music fan in me, the all things Andre 3000 fan in me is absolutely in love with this episode, and I think you're going to love it too. Enjoy. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's Rick Rubin with Andre 3000 from Shangri-La. When you were starting to make music, what would have been the touchstone influences that got you to want to actually make music? I'll have to say Tribe and Dog Pound, uh, Snoop and them. Um, and just, it was, when you're at that point of discovery as a kid and you're seeing these new ways of doing things, these new ways of rapping, like 
the way hieroglyphics were rapping at the time, it yeah. was completely new. Yeah. The phrasing was different. Yes, the, the bending of words. Absolutely. Me and Eminem, we sat on the phone about an hour <laughs> talking about hieroglyphics crew, like how those words, and we were trading. Yeah. And like th- their lyrics yes. on the phone. Yes. Like, do you remember, man? Yeah. Like they sparked so much. They opened up a new door for everybody, Beautiful. I think. And I think just to be around that time and to be like we we were out when Wu was out. We were out when Nas was out. So, but we're from the South. So it's kind of like we had to step up. Like, I think that was a, the best blessing. I know people look at the footage of us winning the Source Award and what I had to say on stage. Like, oh, that was, it was messed up there being booed. But I think that was the biggest blessing for us to have to, um, have to just be better. Yeah. Have to have to fight and really prove that we were really in yes. to what we were doing. And I could understand how they may have taken, you know, first album is just, you know, just some Southern, you know, riding around, you know, Cadillac smoking, chick, you know, smoking and eating chicken wings, kind of stuff like that. But it made us have to be better because we were on the road with Woo. We were on the road with Red Man. We were opening up for these people. So we got that schooling. Yeah. You know, so we had to become, yeah. we had to become better. What's interesting about it too, is that you, you did become better, but you didn't become at all like any of them. You know, it really was completely original. And I think that's the reason why it still holds up to the test of time is I don't know anyone who's really made music since like the music that you made. It, it's very unique. I would have to say that that is because of the 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 dungeon, like the kind of our incubator, like the dungeon was basically a house with us, you know, Goody Mob, PA, we were all in a basement, drum machines, house speakers, you know, dirt, no, no walls, actually dirt where the furnace and all that kind of stuff was. And that was a place where you you leave your job, leave school, you come down there and you might smoke, you might talk about issues, you, but you rapping. So I'm trading verses. Cujo over there trading verses. Siglo come trade verses. So it was at a certain point, we started building our own slang, you know, so it became a world in itself. So we like gained confidence in ourselves, you know, like when I say king shit, or somebody else say king shit, we knew what that meant because we would talk that way around the dungeon. So a certain confidence and a certain um, building of our vocabulary and building of our own styles. It was like we were creating this own world. So by the time it hit every, everybody else, it may have sounded like something else, you know, but we were influenced by everything. I mean, there were times where I sounded Souls of Mischief E, mm-hmm. you know. My very first rap that I remember writing out of high school, it sounded Q-tipish. You know what I mean? Because that's what I'm listening to. Yeah, it makes sense. It, you know you, you I mean? hadn't really found your own voice mm-mm, yet. Mm-mm. But you but you developed your skill as a writer doing it like him to to find your way in. Yes. And then eventually it's like, oh, well, that's more like him and this other way is more like me. Right. Yeah. I recently was at a, a club um, in, in L.A. in this place where, you know, indie bands play like, you know, first few shows you've ever played and I saw a band and I saw them perform and they came and asked me what I thought after the performance. And I said, man, um, you got to keep 
keep going. You got to keep doing it. Because it's like, yeah, man, we've been trying to decide if we should wait till we get a deal before we do shows. I was like, no, no, because your training ground lets you know what you are. Yes. Who you are. Of course, you want to sound like everybody you love. Yes. But in the end, you really don't. No. You know what I mean? You, you, you don't. But you don't you don't get to that point until you've put it out there and you've heard yourself sound horrible or you've heard yourself sound exactly like something, but not as good as what you love. Yes. It takes that time. So a lot of our proving ground were in the dungeon. Great. You know, we didn't do a, a lot of shows, to be honest. It was and it took me and to that point, it took me a while to learn how to perform, actually. I mean, I could write. I was more of a writer. But yes. even if you listen to the first album, I couldn't even enunciate or say my words, you know, mm. like I wanted to because I those muscles weren't built. Yes. You know, and people don't understand that performing, even vocally, it is a muscle. Yeah. And you have to exercise it. And the more you exercise it, the stronger you get. The more you in, are in front of people, you know what works, what doesn't work. And you can play with that and bring it back into your writing. You have more confidence in your writing. So all all those building moments are important to find your your voice. Absolutely. And there's really no shortcuts. Mm-mm. You, you, know, it's not, no, you just have to do the work. It, it, it's you not. And it's and it's hard. It's yeah. very, it's very hard. That I remember times where Rico, Rico Wade, there would be times where I would come down and I say, Rick, check this out. And I would bust a verse for him. And he would just get up and walk away. I'd say anything. And I was like, fuck wrong with him. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, damn, this shit kind of disrespectful. You know what I mean? But yeah. it took me a minute to realize that, that wasn't it. Yeah. And then I remember one time, I maybe had smoked the joint and then went in the, in the booth and I was kind of out of it. And I just started rapping with my normal voice, like my speaking voice. And Reek said, that's it. And that was it. Yeah. It's amazing how those breakthroughs happen almost when you're not really looking. You know, like when you're not paying attention, yep. something happens. You got to move out the way. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to you got to work for moving out the way too. You got to Absolutely. Keep, you, know it's not, what I mean? it, you can't move out the way so far that nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> you to, yeah. So you you have to work hard and then wait for that moment when it's like there it is. Yeah. You know, be open to recognizing it when it happens. Yeah. And but community, man, like yeah, it's it's funny because and thank you for the opportunity to be on this on this podcast. But when I learned that I was coming, and you know, I learned that it was you and Malcolm's thing. I'd never read any of Malcolm's books. Uh-huh. I bought them, yes, and then I went on on the road and did something, and I forgot to read them. So yes. I was like, all right, out of respect, let me read. You know, at least read a book. Yeah. And I don't read much. I actually don't. Yes. And so I read Outliers and it, man, it blew my mind. <laughs> it completely blew my mind. And it really made me think of the community that gives you opportunity to be yeah. all of this. And that's what the dungeon. Yeah. And had there not been a dungeon, who knows what you would have done? You know, like it really, and that wasn't anything that you decided to make happen. It's like, so much of it is chance it was yeah like things just happen the universe sets up a situation and something good happens something comes out of it i was just talking about that today earlier with my friend uh when i was going to college i decided between going to nyu and university of chicago and had i gone to university of chicago my whole life would have been different because hip-hop was happening in new york and i happened to be there yep 
But if I was somewhere else, I wouldn't have known what was going on there because I wouldn't have been in it. Yep. And that's yep. just luck. You know, that has. It is. It's, it's luck. It's chance. It's maybe you were just it's supposed it was supposed to happen yeah, to you. And I, I believe in that as well. It's you like know? it's like it's uh, so much of it is out of our control. But but I'm always grateful when something good happens. You know, it's like uh, I know I can't make it happen, but I know that I can be open to it. Hap- I, I'll invite it in yeah. and welcome it and uh, do everything I can to best support this thing that arrives yeah. that I know is uh, bigger than me. Yes. You know? It's magical. It, it, really it really is, is magic. It really is. And it's the, the hardest part of that is when something bad happens and feeling the bad thing and remembering, t- trying to separate ourselves from the thing that happened that didn't work out or didn't go the way we wanted it to go and to say, okay, imagine that's a scene in a movie. I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead yeah. of just sinking into the vibe because because it's the same it's the same vibe of when the good thing happens it's the same it's like good things happen bad things happen it's that's all part of life yeah and just sort of staying neutral and riding the wave you know i'm learning i'm still learning that you know yeah it's hard it's hard that's riding you said it riding that wave that's it it's hard because you dip down low sometimes you get stuck you know absolutely especially if you're used to the wave going a certain way. Yes. You know, and I think that's when you have to kind of lay yourself down and kind of just let it be. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's hard. It's, it's hard for me. Yes. It's very hard for me. Yes. What have you been listening to lately? Um, Instrumental music. Uh, I was just turned on to Steve Reich. Wow, great. I just, just now, like, and I'm like, where, where the hell have I been? Because I knew Philip Glass. I was always into Philip Glass, but yeah. I never... Then somebody said, well, if you like Philip Glass, you'll love Steve Reich. And I yeah. was like, what? When so I heard that, I was like, what? Yeah, I've been into a lot of uh, a lot of instrumental music now. Because um, I, I just had a point where I, sometimes I feel like a lot of lyrics just bombard you. You know, and I know it sounds crazy coming from a rap artist, but I think sometimes, you know, just, Sometimes the thoughts just just take over, you know, and yeah. then not necessarily anything you want to be a part of. You want to party, and you know, but um, I kind of that I kind of like music that I can have my own thoughts to. Yes, you know, so Beautiful. that's kind of wh- where I've been lately. Beautiful. What's your process like making music these days? Do you do you make much? Not so much. How would you say? I haven't been making much music, man. My my focus is not there. My confidence is not there. Um, I tinker. I tinker a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll just go to a piano and I'll sit my iPhone down and just record what I'm doing, mm-hmm. move my fingers around and whatever happens. But I hadn't been motivated to do a serious project. Um, I'd like to, but it's just it's just not coming. Uh, in my in my own self, uh, I'm trying to figure out where do I where do I where do I sit? You know, I don't I, I don't even know what I am, and maybe I'm nothing. Maybe I'm not supposed to be anything. Maybe yeah. you know my history is kind of handicapping in a way. 
Yeah. And so I'm just trying to find out what makes me feel the best right now. Yes. And what makes me feel the best is when I just do these random kind of instrumental kind of things. You know, they make me feel they make me feel the most rebellious. Yes. You know, I don't know. I have a really rebellious spirit. I don't like to go go with the flow really. I I don't know why. Yes. But I just feel best when I don't. Yes. You know, so I have to I honor completely that. Understand. I have to honor that in a way, you know. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think um so much of it isn't to be decided. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not I don't think it's to be figured out. I think it's more to be I think you make a lot of you start making a lot of things with no thinking mm-hmm. of what it's supposed to be or who's it for or what anyone else is going to think, but just get in the habit of making a lot. That's what I got to get back to. Yeah, yeah. Just make a lot. And then at some point in that process, you'd be like, hmm, I really like this. It did. And you didn't know, like through, through that whole process, you don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. And it's not, um, it's not a decision you make and it's not an intellectual idea where I have a vision and I'm going to make this thing. It doesn't, it doesn't happen like there rarely happens like that. It happens more just having fun, making things, no, um, no stakes. You know, there's no, nothing's on the line. But see, that's, 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 I'm glad you say that's hard to do when everything is actually, I mean, when the problem with being an artist, a successful artist. Yes is you have to find a, a comfortable place to do that again. Yes. But think about the way- A, a comfortable place to, to feel uncomfortable yes, is what I'm saying. But the the way that you made the stuff that ended up being successful wasn't made from a place of feeling any responsibility. Right. Because it, cause it, the, the you, attention there was wasn't there just at all. yet in a way. You know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of like you were still proving yourself. And it's uh, so I liken it to like, if you're a kid and you're in your room, you're playing, you know, with with toys, and you, and you you have this world going on. Yes. The moment when your mom opens the door and says, "Andre," that world kind of stops. Yes. You know what I mean. So once the attention is on that world, yes, the world goes away. So you got to find a way to get back to that place to yes. where you can build those worlds again and not have the eyes or like the judging, you know, and that's, that's a, that's, that's hard for me. It's really hard for me because, and I mean, you you see it everywhere. Now, any little thing I put out is instantly like attacked, not, not in a good or bad way. I wouldn't say say attacked. Well, well, I'm saying the, the, uh, yeah. And and people nitpick it like with fine tooth combs. Like, Oh, he said that word, you know what I mean? And that's, that's not a great place to, to create from, you yes. know what I mean? And and it makes you, it makes you draw back. And then maybe I don't have um, the, the the confidence that I want or yes. the space to experiment like I used to. Yes. When the stuff that people love from back then, it was in a place. You, you were free. Yeah, you're free. You didn't give a shit. You didn't exactly. care. Like, cause they didn't, they didn't care. They didn't even like you. No. You know what I mean? So exactly. it was like, great. Don't yeah. like what we're doing. Yes. Now I, we can just do what we're doing. But the same. But the same holds true now. <laughs> so now you can make stuff that you, as long as you like it, 
It doesn't matter if they like it or not because they hated you back then. It's the same. It's the same. Do you know what I'm saying? The only thing that's changed is your point of view, really. Yes, I nothing do realize else has, that. Nothing else has changed, and that's in that is within your control. You can, you can, you can decide to read what someone else says or give them that power, mm-hmm. or you can say. They can think what they want. And usually, here's another part of it. This is very interesting. When someone is critical of something you do, usually that's more about them than it is about you. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like, it's uh, that's what they see because of who they are. Yeah. It's, it has nothing to do with you. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, that's, that's that brings uh, to another point because I've noticed that I'm very judgmental at this point yeah. of my own self. So is yes. that saying that I'm just in a not so great place? Yes. You know. Yeah. And, and I and I and I feel that I feel very judgmental and I hate it. Like yeah. I don't want to be judgmental. Understood. It's almost like being a movie director. Yeah. But not being able to go to the movie theater and see movies on Friday like you used to because you're judging every shot. Yes. You're judging every light. Yes. lighting situation you're like oh man they adr that one up you know it's, it's kind of like yes how do you get away from that yeah you it's almost like you know too much that's yes yeah yes you know too much and i think as you go along um just just got to find a way to break free of everything you know and, and that's very hard that's very hard yeah even even melody wise like i'm getting sick of my melodies yeah because they're all they seem like they're tied to something that I know or so I try to just throw notes anywhere just to try. Just you know, have it not be what yeah, not yeah, be regular. Yeah. Understood. And I think that's that uh rebellious kind of unre spirit, that turn left spirit when everybody's going this way because yeah. you're looking for something else. Yes. But it's it's very it's very hard when you've been doing it for so long. Understood. It's very hard. But moving forward to try to help work through this stuff, make something to where you're happy you made it. That's mm-hmm. all. Like something you'd be happy to play for your friend. That yeah. would be the ultimate. That's the ultimate. I mean, for me, if I make something and I'm excited to play it for my friend, that's it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know that's, I mean? that's, that's what I've, that's what I've been doing yeah, lately. That's it. That's, that's, that's the whole mission. Yeah. We'll be back with Andre 3000 after the break. Apple card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, 
their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with more of Under 3000. Growing up, would you say you were hard on yourself or? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, especially as a kid, when you're trying to fit in or trying to figure out what you are, like, am I cool like that? Or do I want to be hanging with these people? Or do what do they think of me? Or, oh, man, is this girl, does she really like me? Or, you know, am I cool enough for it? Like all of those things that most kids go through, you get it. But I think, um, I think... I think I did do it a little bit more and maybe because isolation. And I think when you're alone a lot, you contemplate. Yes. And when you have a lot of time to contemplate, sometimes it's not good. Yeah. You know? And so that's when I said, like, if I had brothers and sisters, yeah, I wouldn't have to worry about certain things. Yes. With a uh, social anxiety disorder, like I was diagnosed years ago mm-hmm. and hypersensitivity. Mm-hmm. Like with that kind of thing, isolation is not good, yeah. but I feel most comfortable being isolated. So yes. I spend 95% of my my time by myself. Yes. You know, and that, that gives you time to analyze. Yeah. And the brain loves to find problems. Absolutely. Even if they're not there. Absolutely. And so the the judgmental kind of analyzing is kind of run amok. Yeah. So you have to find ways to break out of that kind of thing. Absolutely. And, but but the other side of it is it's that same hypersensitivity that makes you a great artist. You know, it's like therapist, my therapist said the same thing. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's a balance. It's like, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. It's harder to be in the world, but that's the gift. And yeah. it's, I know. It's, it's, oh I man, know. it's, there have been times where I was like, I've prayed, like prayed yes. to a God that I didn't even know it existed really. Yes. Prayed like, I would rather you take this away from me. Yes. All of this. And just, if I could just feel, feel normal. Feel like that. Yeah. If I could just feel normal, like yes. take voice, career, all that shit, you can have it. Yes. If I could feel normal. Yes. But it don't work like that. No. I just don't. It's really sad, but that's why a lot of artists OD. That's why young artists die from drugs is they're sensitive people. There's all, especially in success, there's all this emotion that no one teaches us how to deal with. No. And it's weird. 
Even people that you know for a long time start acting different to you. Yes. And you start acting different because they start acting it's, different. It's weird. It's, it's, it's the a bad whole, thing. It's, the whole thing's unnatural. No one teaches you how to deal with it. And it's it's crazy. It's a it's it may it's a crazy making process. Yes. And um yes. And so people do stuff to try to just numb that pain. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It makes sense. It's self-medication. You know, it's like I just don't want to feel everything all the time. Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. You, you got it. Well, uh, we're 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 uh we're alike in many ways. Yeah. And and e even a lot of people in the world too. I'm I'm finding, you know. You know, it's I think we do get it differently because of the career we've chosen or that chose us, but there when researching, you know, this condition, there are kids that have it. Yeah. There are kids that just don't know how to how to deal in the world. Yes. In that way, you know. Yes. And, and I think especially if your parents aren't as sensitive as you are, mm -hmm. then it's really confusing. Because yeah. they're it's like they're the adults, they're supposed to know everything. Yeah. And they don't even see this stuff that's happening. Yeah. And you can't explain it. No, they don't want to. They're just like, oh, why do you think? Why why are you thinking about that? And then, I mean, I'm talking about in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, we just now starting to get titles for this stuff. Yeah. You know, names that you call it. Yeah. What about the people that didn't have the names for yeah. it back then? Like, yeah. Or didn't have medicine for it? Absolutely. What do you do? Yeah. You know, you can't sit and have a conversation. Yeah, there's a social anxiety thing. What? Yeah. Uh, that wasn't even invented. Yeah. You know, when we first started rapping, none of those words were out. Now mm -hmm. bipolarism and, you know, all that kind of stuff is like, it's, it's almost like commonplace now. Yeah. If someone says I have anxiety, it's like, oh, okay, just go take a nap. That's kind of what it's like now, you know, because it's so common. Yeah. But it's, it's... And it may have always been, just no one knew. It, right. Like, like you say, uh, and people didn't want to look at it or talk about it. Mm-hmm. And now people are more open, luckily, because really, because it's helpful to to others feeling it. We're not alone. Yep. You know, it's yep. so helpful to know that I'm not the only person who feels this way all the time. Yeah. It doesn't make it easier. No. But but it is a little better. It's a little. You, you it's just to be understood. Yeah. Better. Feel less That's alone. It. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But here's another thing a friend of mine pointed out that. When we talk about isolation in certain societies, they don't have these things. Mm -mm. Like when you're like, if, if it's not a chemical thing, yeah. if it's a social thing, like if you're in a house with 10 other people, your family and you're all surviving, you don't have time to have that. Yes. And you're faced, you, you're faced with these people. Yes. So you don't have a kind of like this social kind of dwarfing, and that's interesting to me, you know? Absolutely. And also the success part of it is a key piece of it too, because when you're, when you suffer from depression, let's say, and you feel like there's this hole in mm -hmm. you, you don't know what it is. You mm -hmm. just know you feel bad, mm -hmm. but you have this dream. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to through music. I see these people doing this and I love this. Yeah. And if, when I do that, the hole's gonna go away. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> it's the but but at least during that time, 
you have hope because you know I'm going to work really hard because I want to feel better than I feel now. And you do all this work and, and that hole is the thing that allows you to have that drive and perspective to break through. Yeah. And then you break through and your dreams come true and the hole is exactly the same. Yes. And then you're hopeless. And actually it opens up a little bit more. Absolutely. Cause now, yeah. Now, what I was spending all my time to my way of solving it, I did it and it didn't work at all. Yeah. If anything, as you said, maybe it's worse. I can remember. It's funny. And I only remember this because there happened to be a phone call. If if it wasn't for this phone call, I would not remember this story. Um, But I produced the first Beastie Boys album. Mm -hmm. It came out and it was, it, it became the number one album in the country. And I remember my uh, music lawyer calling me and he said, you have the number one album in, your, in the country. How do you feel? And I said, I've never fret worse in my whole life. Yeah, man. And had that yeah. call not happened, I wouldn't, rem- I wouldn't remember yeah. how I felt. Yeah. But in that moment, because of the call, that's how I was feeling. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, that's yeah, and people would think that that's the that's the best thing, yeah, it or the best n- thing to hear. But it has nothing to do with it. It's like that's the other thing. Is like it's a it's like a false. Until it happens, you don't know because we're we're hopeful. Mm-hmm. You know, something's going to make it better. If a dream comes true, that's going to make it better. Nope, <laughs> or just to to get the acceptance you think like this will get you will get love you know what i mean but you will also get everything else that comes with it too absolutely absolutely yeah for in a way in success it's more isolating oh very more lonely making and less community and and like we said people treat you differently and and it's hard to have regular conversation not because you don't want to it just it's like the surrounding, the whole world has changed. It's a bad plight. Yeah. The more, the more, the more higher you climb, the better, the more success that you have, you become more and more isolated. Yeah. You spend the more times in hotels. Better. Yeah. You spend less, less time grounded. around people. Yes. And your writing kind of goes to shit too. Yeah. When that starts to happen too. Because, because your life becomes about being on yes, tour, yes. which is not really interesting to talk about. Yeah. And no one like wants to hear like, uh, I'm sad, you know, because yeah. I'm successful. I don't want to hear that shit. No, or back on the road again. Like yeah. there's all those records. Yeah, and being on the bands who just would tour forever, and all the songs were about being on the road because that's all I had to talk about. Yeah, and that, and I don't, I don't like it, man. So you know, I try to, I try to do things, and I, I really get enjoyment. Like I don't have bodyguards, man. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm my only child, so I go everywhere by myself. You know, yeah. I. I actually love to go to the laundromat and wash clothes. Like, I love that, yeah. man. Like, I love being in as much in a, the most normal place I can be. Yeah. You know, because it, even if it's, I mean, I could buy a washer and dry and wash at home. Yeah. But it's something about going to the laundromat and sitting it's there. It's social. Yeah. It is social. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's something, it's something about it. Absolutely. There, there's some, I don't know, you may know it. There's some blues artist that I think he wrote a lyric that he the song kind of story went that he'd gotten successful and now he's going to have to hire 
a woman to break his heart to be able to write blues songs. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, and that's a weird place to be. Yeah. You know, and that's why I love new artists. That's why I love going to these shit clubs and watching bands because I remember that feeling. Like, yeah. and I know what it feels like to not be known. Yes. And when you're fighting to be known. Yes. And when you're doing it because you just love it. Yeah. That's a different, that's a different thing. Absolutely. And I'm, it's and not I, a I job. like that energy. It's not, it's not, you're, nobody at those clubs are punching the clock Mm-mm. trying to get it done. Mm-mm. 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 They got to get up in the morning and go to, to their real work. Yeah. And when you think about it, that when, when that cycle of being on the road all the time, when that turns into a job, it's a grueling job. Yeah. It is yeah. a gr- especially yeah. all the travel, flying. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yeah. it's exhausting. It's lonely. Mm-hmm. And all of it is for this, like, you know, an hour or two at two night. Hours or, yeah. And it's kind of exciting because people like it. But even that, when you've done the same thing for a while, starts feeling like, what am I doing? Yeah. I did this last night. Yep. <laughs> I knew I, I it, it became a problem for me like years, years ago. I mean, this had to be like 15, 20 years ago. I was on stage doing something, some song. I don't remember what it was, but I'd done it so much that it was kind of just in my skin and I'm, you know, going through it and yeah. I'm in it. Yeah. But I was thinking about what am I going to eat tonight? Yeah. Get back to the hotel. Yeah. And I, and that thought, yeah, it freaked me out Absolutely. because it was like I was on overdrive. Yeah. But I was somewhere else. Yeah. Autopilot. Yeah. It was just going on. Yeah. 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 And at that point, I think you just, as the artist, I mean, of course you have responsibilities you got to do, but you got to find a way to shake yourself up. You got to yep. find a way to change it. Absolutely. Know? Um, and I hadn't toured in ages, man. Like, and I said, if I ever were to get on stage again in that kind of way, like it would, it would be in the shittiest clubs ever. Yeah. You know, it would be like, like I want to perform at all the flea markets around the world. Great. You know what I mean? Like, great. Yeah, like it just, just to feel something different. Yeah. Another thing too, the more success you have too, seems like the further the crowd gets from you. Absolutely. So by the time you get to festivals, yeah, they are twenty feet back. Yeah, you can't even touch nobody. No, and you, you know can't, and, I mean? and and you can't like even see really faces. Lights on you. Yeah, and it's just sort of like yep. a mass of people. It's like they talk about that. It's like if if one person gets in an accident or gets killed you really feel it because of the personality of the person. But when mm-hmm. you read, you know, that 10,000 people just died because of an earthquake, it's a different, cause it, it becomes faceless. The, yeah. the more, the, the more people, the more faceless it becomes. And, um, and you don't have that connection. Yeah. It's not that one person in the front row. Yeah. That you're excited. Yeah. You see their excitement yeah. So it's, it's going, you going. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That exchange. Yeah. We'll be back with more of Rick's conversation with Andre after the break. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. 
Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with more of Rick's conversation with Andre 3000. What type of uh, meditation practice do you do? None. Um, I, I started uh, messing around with a uh, bass clarinet. Mm-hmm. And it's a breathing kind of thing, you know. And so I would hope to, my goal is to learn how to, so that I can get my practice in every day, to incorporate practicing and meditation, like yes. with the breathing. yes. In some kind of way to make it one kind of thing, you yeah. know. So you know, I I start my day that way. Beautiful. I know. How did you pick that instrument? Uh, I was messing around with saxophone a little bit, uh, because listening to John Coltrane. So one day I was like, I'm kind of one of those. Let me, well, let me just try it. Let me yeah. just pick it up, kind of person. Yeah. So I didn't get lessons or anything. I just I immediately had an armature that worked. And so I could get sound out of it. And then that moved me. Oh, and then I read that Coltrane played clarinet first mm-hmm. before he played saxophone. Mm-hmm. And so that made me try clarinet. And so I had the normal B-flat clarinet. And one day we was in New York on tour or something. And I went into this used instrument shop and I saw a bass clarinet, used bass clarinet. 
and I just got it. Yeah. And I never, I never went back to the normal clarinet. The bass clarinet is where it's at for me. Yeah. Like beautiful, the deep tones. Yeah. Like I feel those tones, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm, at, I'm in a place where I've never been disciplined with anything, and that's one of my biggest issues. I've always kind of just been so wired and just trying everything that I've never been great at anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's important for me to try to really, really dedicate myself to something to lessons now mm-hmm. so i'm trying to take a little bit more seriously yeah uh, not for any goal or anything no. just to yeah to practice yeah to practice and to be able to play whatever i hear basically or play whatever i want to yes whatever yeah play whatever I, i'm hearing in my head or really to play along with anything yes. that's one of my biggest goals to be able to if someone's in a park singing something i can just come on in and just mess around it'd be fun yeah, that's those are my, like my biggest goals now. Uh, a friend of mine was laughing at me because I was like, you know, with with the history of, of what we've done so far, my goals are not grand at all anymore. Yeah. My goals are like I want to be able to go to a park, yes, and just play. Yeah, I do it sometimes. Now I go to the beach sometimes and just play. Yeah. I go to a park. I'm not great, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be able to to soothe you know i want to be able to just kind of serenade or soothe by playing beautiful whoever who's ever around you know yeah beautiful Mm -hmm. it felt like there was a a, another influence in your in your old work that wasn't coming from hip-hop oh yeah most of my influences early so you have you have to like with with Outcast, it's kind of like even before we had our first album. I remember there were times in the dungeon, I'm like big shit. Let's paint our faces, man, and just let's do like this kind of rockish kind of sound. It's not hip hop at all, and then we'll go do rap. Like it was always searching for other things. Yeah, and I think that comes from the community once again, like because Dallas Austin was doing alternative things. Yeah, uh, Joy had came into town. She was doing alternative things. Like she had brought the circus into town. And so all those influences and we were we were kids. So we got we, we actually got to see Kurt Cobain perform on TV wow. like we were kids. But yeah. And I think uh, it influences so much in a certain way. So those. Um, those acts were really, really, really like influential, even like Rage Against the Machine. Like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done Bombs Over Baghdad if it wasn't for Rage Against the Machine. Wow. Because. I felt urgency in their music. So I was like, how can I add urgency yes. to what we're doing? Yes. It doesn't sound like Rage Against Machine. No, but energetically. Yes. Yeah. So you could play them back to back at the party and the same dancing would continue. It's, it's, <laughs> it was, it's the energy. Yeah. And I tell any musician, you know, when I meet people on the street, I'm like, well, what advice could, could you give me? I was like, well, you have all the answers. Like you, you, you have it. The only thing I could say is, listen to everything outside of your genre yes a lot of times it'll help your genre yes you know in some type of way you know because yeah. if everybody's kind of just listen to the exact same thing it kind of gets like incestuous and a, li- a little maybe yeah. you know but you get more, inspiration it gets more samey though and yes this yes this is the way to it's those combinations that make it new yeah yeah but the beauty of it is is the new could be made by anybody you know what i mean it doesn't you don't have to be new to make new. <laughs> That's a good argument. 
It's true because it's really more about, it's the sensibility. You know, like when Radiohead made Kid A, that was new Radiohead. Mm -hmm. Radiohead transformed from the band that they were. And when I first heard it, I loved Radiohead. And when I first heard it, I was a little taken aback. Same thing happened first time I heard 808s. Yeah. It's like, I don't, do I want to hear Kanye singing? I don't Mm -hmm. know. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not why I listen to Kanye. Mm -hmm. And it took a minute. And often those are the things that you come around to liking the best. It's like when the first time you hear it, it's like you don't necessarily have the, the framework to understand especially if you're expecting something different. So that's yes. oh so that's an that's an important point because with a new artist you're not expecting anything. So there's no expectation. Right. So when someone that you like what they do makes a left turn, sometimes that's really jarring. Yes. Yeah, I'm familiar, man. Some people they, Yeah. But then it takes a minute and you realize, oh, like in both of those cases, now when I listen back, Kid A and 808s are two of my favorites. Mm-hmm. But maybe not the first time I heard them. Yeah. Take, you know? take a minute. Absolutely. When we were making Jesus, a, a lot of, I knew a lot of people were not going to like it. But we loved it. And I knew that probably people come around because it's really good. It's just not what they're expecting. Right. And when you give someone something that they're not expecting, the, the first instinct is, oh, that's not what I wanted. Yeah, I didn't order jarring. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. You say you don't have to be new to make new. I, I, I agree. Yeah. You know, because I've been making music for a long time, I've learned a lot of stuff along the way, but I don't let that get in the way. <laughs> I don't let that impede the process right. of making something new. Right. Are there any examples of like bands or groups that have made new when they've been around for a long time? Yes, and we'll I mean think not about not it. in your but Kid A was the not, first one that I thought of, but but they but, but that was still a trajectory of, it was of still a band. Long, but it was they were the Benz was incredible. OK Computer was you know considered their like that's their. But it was going that way. Oh, even with OK Computer, it was going that way. But Kid A was not continuing that. It, it was just left turn, and a lot of people didn't like it. Me included, at first. Right. First time I heard it. Right. Then they were on Saturday Night Live, and I saw them perform some of those songs live. And then it was my first clue. It's like, oh, I see what this is now. Like, I couldn't really get it from right. the record at first. And then when I saw that, it, it, um, it helped me bridge my expectation Mm-hmm. versus this beautiful new thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I struggle with that, man. I struggle with... Uh, Same to you remember, like, uh, Paul Simon was yeah. already Paul Simon. He had been Simon and Garfunkel and made a load of hits as Paul Simon. Yeah. Some might have thought he was sort of on the downswing, and then he made Graceland, and that was one of his biggest albums. And in the case of, we were talking about the Beatles earlier, Sgt. Pepper, that was a case, the reason it's called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band was, I think it was Paul who had the idea of, the Beatles were so big and so familiar, to make something new, let's become a different band. Mm-hmm. And let's let's play the characters of Sgt. Pepper and his Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah. What do they sound like? Yeah. And now we're free. 
And it's just, and it's both, and it was both, even for them as writers, it was a way just to stimulate, stimulate writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an exercise sometimes I give artists to do is to, uh, and this might be a fun one for you, is pick an artist, pick one of your favorite artists, could be whoever it is, could be Prince, could be whoever. And let's say you had a chance for to write a song for mm-hmm. Prince to do mm-hmm. and write a song with the idea <laughs> of, this is a song I'm going to get Prince to sing. Yeah, yeah. Because it would be completely different than what you'd write for yourself. Yeah, I know exactly. The song Prototype... Um... I actually wrote it in mind for Janet Jackson to sing. I wanted to just submit for her to sing uh-huh. that song. She probably don't even know it, but Prototype uh, was written in that way. And once I laid down, you know, demo, it's like, uh, it feels better. It feels realer, you know, if I did it. You yeah. Know? And uh, another song, She's Alive on Love Below. Like, I really wanted Anita Baker to sing it. Yeah. And so... It's my bad version of Anita Baker. Yeah. And I know it, it doesn't sound like it, but no. that's kind of that's kind of how, how it is. This is one of those conversations that could have gone on forever. And in fact, it did. Rick and Andre continued talking about how Andre played the flute for random Starbucks customers before the interview, about mystical experiences, their shared love of James Blake, and so much more. But this is where we'll have to leave it for now. Our sincerest thanks to Andre 3000 for his music and his words. We'll be back on Thursday with an episode from Brittany Howard of the Alabama Shakes, and then Broken Record is going on a short hiatus. But we'll be back up in January with episodes of the podcast that I'm really excited to share. Ozzy Osbourne with Sharon, Bob Weir, Kenny Beats, Booker T of the MGs, Nick Lowe, The XX, and more. For now, if you'd like to hear a curated playlist of Andre's music or any of our other past shows, check us out at brokenrecordpodcast.com. You can also sign up for a behind-the-scenes newsletter while you're there. Broken Record is produced with help from Jason Gambrell, Mia Lobel, and Leah Rose for Pushkin Industries. Our theme music's by the great producer Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Thanks for listening. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better.
Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.